Okay, so let's review a little bit and then and then um, add add a little bit more. <clears throat> so the first kind of meditative exercise that we did, we could say we're really paying attention to the experience along this central axis, um, and w- whatever's there that calls the attention, uh, that reflects. Uh, or ma- manifest is an expression of the mind state, the heart state, the, the emotional state. But I don't even have to worry about, is this a reflection or is it just indigestion or, or whatever? It doesn't matter. Just go there and, and tr- trust. Um, and then also, interestingly, yeah, I check it out and maybe there's an area that feels like it's calling my attention a little more. So you can linger there and explore that. But it's also really interesting sometimes to go where we don't particularly feel called, as I said. So it might be, I don't really feel anything there, or I never go down here, or I never go up here. And that, that would be quite interesting too. So sometimes let yourself go where you don't usually go. And again, this is a review, but sometimes I'm clear. This, what's going on, this that I'm experiencing is clearly this emotion of grief or this emotion of joy or whatever it is. <clears throat> but oftentimes, probably most of the time, I don't know, uh, it's not even possible to find the right word, the right vocabulary that kind of sums up the experience, which is really interesting. That's the nature of our reality, uh, that we don't so easily fit into these kind of rigid building blocks of language. And just to say briefly about using uh, a labeling of what's going on or a noting of what's going on. Sometimes the mind does that spontaneously. It just says sadness or, or whatever. Um, and sometimes people do it more deliberately as part of the practice. Um, it's, it's fine but experiment with all of this, all of it, because labeling can be very helpful sometimes and sometimes not so helpful. It can be helpful because sometimes it brings clarity. I know what's going on. It also brings a sense of, what could we say, um, distance, spa- space between the experience and, and the self, if you like, and, or the consciousness. And, and that space creates a bit of ease instead of being entangled in something. That space creates a bit of perspective and ease and uh, calm even. So it can be very helpful, the labeling. And maybe sometimes not so helpful because, I don't know if you've noticed this, sometimes the mind labels something, uh, here's this fizziness in the chest and the mind says fear and it becomes fear after I label it. But maybe it was just fizziness in the chest. And what happens if I just label it excitement and then it goes towards excitement? Similar with sadness or, or whatever. So the labeling is not a kind of neutral activity. It's actually part of the fabrication of what's going on many times. Did, did you understand? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, not good, not bad, not wrong, not right, but naming something will kind of lead to a certain unfoldment, and not naming something will lead to another unfoldment. So experiment with all this, play with it. This is our life, this is the, the fabric of our life. On retreat, off retreat. <clears throat> and then yesterday morning we introduced this uh, idea which has gone by different names of a sort of bubble of awareness or an egg or, or a larger space and not so focused in on the central axis and the experience there in a narrow way but actually opening up the awareness a little bit to encompass uh, the whole body and the global sense of experience of the whole body. And a few people were saying in the groups, you know, that's uncomfortable uh, if you say balloon or, or whatever else, it's uncomfortable to feel like it has this membrane or distinct edge to it. Well, it doesn't have to. It completely doesn't have to. Uh, it could just be a fuzzy, undefined space. What we're really doing is exploring the feeling of this space here. 
That's all. Exploring the texture. We could say, uh, and maybe better words, to say that what we're really doing is opening up to the experience of the energy body, if you like. Okay? But even that, you know, and someone pointed out, well, that's a concept. It's an image, and that makes me a bit nervous. And, you know, fair enough. Um, it is a concept. It is an image. Uh, although I would challenge anyone to show me something that isn't a concept and an image in life. But anyway. Um, but concepts and images are very useful because they guide. They guide the attention. And they, are, uh, in this case, they're guiding the attention and guiding the consciousness towards if, we, if we're really strict with language, towards a perception that's helpful. So everything in life is perception. We may get to this on this retreat. There's nothing that's not perception. And then it's a question of, well, which perceptions are helpful and which perceptions are not so helpful? So having a perception of a field here uh, and, and the feeling in it, that can be a very helpful, resourceful perception. And that's really what we're doing. And if I throw out words like bubble or... Uh, balloon or, or whatever it doesn't really mean there's a balloon here uh, it's just something to support uh, an opening and uh, a certain direction of, of the perception which can be really deeply resourceful in time when practiced as we said yesterday and what to do with this well it's just opening out the awareness and kind of hanging out in there and, and hanging out particularly in the texture of it so what does it feel like? What's the, I use these words, vibration, the energy, the feeling, the, the, uh, the felt sense of that whole space. <clears throat> Maybe there's areas that feel very different, one area to another, fine. Maybe it all feels the same, also fine. But what is that? What is the feeling there? To feel and to notice. And if it's at all pleasant, to enjoy it, to really let yourself enjoy it and bathe in it and be bathed in it. Let it really touch. There's something potentially very, very healing, deeply healing to the cells and the being and the consciousness here. Incredibly healing. So it's, it's really okay to uh, wallow in it and, and bathe in it if it feels good. And the Buddha says, this is a pleasure I, I will allow myself. This is a pleasure I will allow myself. And sometimes, of course, it doesn't feel pleasant, but when it does, to enjoy that. And really to keep stretching this space, because it will, the habit, almost always, the habit is, to, is for it to shrink. It keeps shrinking. When we get distracted, it will shrink. When we get tired, it will shrink. When uh, even none of that, it will just shrink. So you keep kind of expanding the space and filling out that space, inhabiting that space with awareness. So far, so good, right? Just review, yeah? Okay. So let's, <coughs> let's introduce uh, a, a few more, just very little things today. Well, maybe they're not that little. But, um, what is the thinking mind doing with all this? What is it doing particularly with the experience in the moment? So we have an experience, I have a heartache, I have an absence of feeling or whatever. What is the thinking mind commenting and judging and saying and assessing and evaluating? And What is it doing in relationship to what's going on? And I'm sure you've bumped into this already. Uh, when I taught this somewhere else, I introduced that on the first day. Because of course, you know, that's, what, that's what's going to come up. Something goes on and the thinking mind cannot leave it alone. And comes usually very heavy-handed, in its uh, convinced of its of its assessment of, of it. So, what is the thinking mind doing with the experience? And you know, when we talk about mindfulness, mindfulness has a kind of breadth to it. It's it's not just lost in its object. It has a sense of what else is in in the picture. What else is in the field? It has a breadth. Um, so I'm mindful, perhaps along the central axis, but I notice what are the reactions? What particularly today I'm interested in are the assumptions? What are the mind's assumptions about my experience, about what's going on? Now by that I don't yet mean, I'm not sure if we'll get to this on the retreat, and we 
on this retreat we probably won't but I don't yet mean what the mind says in terms of the story of why I'm feeling this uh, so I'm feeling this because when I was young such and such happened or, or whatever or um, that's actually really important as I said in the opening talk I feel our narrative and our story or plural stories, narratives are really important to work with skillfully, really important um, but I don't know if we're going to have time on this retreat to get, get into all that so rather I mean things like if I'm experiencing a difficult emotion how quickly the mind can come in and say this is not right this is right. There's something wrong here. There's something. Uh, this it shouldn't be like this. Have you noticed the mind doing this? Just it shouldn't be like this. Uh, if it's difficult, but of course, another person might have the opposite tendency, or the same person at another time. If it's good, if I feel good, if I feel positivity, this can't be right. Uh, I must be out of touch with something, or or uh, a sense of what's good and positive and easeful is somehow worthless or worth less than what is difficult. <coughs> because in what is difficult is what is real. And what is, I'm really getting to the roots of my uh, stuff. And that is kind of elevated. So what is the mind doing at the different times? And of course, uh, I if I don't particularly feel anything, then very easy for the mind to come and say, I should be feeling something stronger. I should be feeling something clearer. Uh, it should stay more steady, as I said uh, one time. Shouldn't, shouldn't be all this shifting of the experience. Should be, shouldn't be so ephemeral. Or simply, it should be different. Or there should be more catharsis. It should be more uh, something coming out. And then again, what does it mean about me that I'm feeling this right now? What's the conclusion about the self? I'm feeling this again. Again I'm feeling angry. Again I'm feeling depressed. Again I'm feeling a block. So there's a tension in, in the belly or in the heart. And I make this conclusion about myself because there's a tension somewhere in the body. And maybe there's a tension quite frequently when I look and I make a conclusion about my whole life and my whole personality and it's so painful when, that, when, when then the mind believes that and gets constricted in certain self-views very limiting, very self-punishing what does it mean about me if there's this or that experience? <clears throat> now actually I would say that it's good to uh, it's good that this comes up. It's good that we see this. So rather than seeing the mind's commentary on what's going on and its assumptions as a problem, as I, I wish I'd just get rid of that, then I could meditate properly and right. Actually, it's really good to see them. It's really good that it's coming up and the mind is, you know, spewing all this judgment forth because you know what it goes on out there. It goes on all day long. And we may be aware of it or not so aware of it or semi-aware of it. But for it to come up here in the spotlight is a really good thing. So don't, uh, you know, an encouragement not to see that as a problem but really as an opportunity. Because these judgments come up and they have enormous effect. They have an enormous effect on my sense of self-worth, my sense of, of existence and life, of what opens up for me as a human being, or what roads are closed for me, because of what, what we believe of what the mind says. It's a devastating effect. So really good, really good that all that, what could be regarded as mental noise that I want to get rid of, really good that it comes up on this retreat. Can I see it? Can I notice it? And is it possible for a little bit of doubt to come in? That I just, there's a little bit of space around this. Like, oh, well, maybe it's not true, this uh, uh, verdict on myself, this verdict on the experience. So I wonder if we can do a few little exercise kind of games now together, um, med- meditative ones. 
So, um, you know, I'm tempted to say don't even get in the meditation posture. Because, like I said, I think it was on the opening talk, I, I really want this to be quick. It's like it doesn't need all this uh, finagling with the body and stuff. It's like I can just pay attention to what's going on emotionally in the body, whatever position I'm in and wherever I am. So you can if you want, but you don't uh, necessary. But but wherever you are, feel the body, feel the body, whatever posture you want to be in. It's completely fine. Sense of sitting again. And now, let's go into the first practice. Let's go in. So you're just sensing the body, settling into the body, and then tuning in to what's uh, prominent, perhaps, or whatever the experience is along this central axis. It's very gentle, open hands of awareness. And just finding your way into the practice. Now, you can't really focus on the mind's thoughts or the assumptions. It's more like you notice them in the, in the bigger space of awareness, in, in, in the field of what's going on, in the, in the periphery almost. So as you're noticing the experience in the central axis, can you also notice what the mind is saying, what assumptions it's making, about the experience right now. Whatever they are, can you uh, let them reveal themselves? You're really kind of noticing what's going on, so to speak, sometimes at the edge of experience, sometimes it might be more central. Okay. Was it possible to notice anything there? No? Yes? Yeah, good. Okay, let's do it again. So, same thing. Quick access, quick access. You just feel the body, settle, feel in, and just open out just a little bit to notice what else. What's this commentary? just scattering lightly the seeds of doubt. just wanted to offer that as something it, it, in a way it's expanding the practice a little bit, in a way sometimes you can just check in a little bit at, kind of at different times in the practice what's, what's going on at that level does this all make sense? yeah? yeah? good okay, so there is noticing and being aware of what the mind is saying and doing Try something else. Um, so coming into meditation again, so to speak, in inverted commas, meditation. Uh, 
sensing the body, settling in the body, and again, finding uh, the experience in the body, tuning in. Now, just connecting. Would it be possible, even for a moment or two, to introduce the thought, to actually consciously think, this experience right now, this that is arising right now, is exactly right is exactly perfect. So I'm just deliberately thinking a certain thing in relationship to the experience. It's exactly the right manifestation. The intuitive intelligence of the being, you could say the Buddha nature, The flow of that intelligence is manifesting in this way, and it's perfect. It's just right. It's offering me exactly what's right. So I don't know. Does that feel possible to introduce that thought? Do you notice if it has an effect or not? The back people, yeah. Does it? I mean, because it might not as well. I'm not, you know. So sometimes it will. Or there could be a backlash. There could be all kinds of things. That's a very, you know, like I said, we can be aware of what the mind is doing. Then I could actually introduce a certain uh, thinking, a certain attitude. And what does this mean? I mean, actually it opens up a whole can of worms in a way. What does it mean to trust the depths of the being? Oftentimes we don't. Now you could say, well, what arises is just the result of conditioning, etc., etc., etc. That's one view. You could have just play with another view which is actually what's arising is a manifestation of some deep intuitive uh, intelligence in the being of the Buddha nature, of, of the innate wisdom mind. It's another view. So there's different views. And there's also a whole other level, which is just noticing that the view that I have in the mind affects the experience. So whether I believe this view or not, I'm seeing an insight that the view that I have affects experience. Do do you see? So you can play with this, even play with it for just a minute, or play with it uh, just for a few seconds or something. We're shaking up the consciousness out of the ruts that it gets into. Does that one feel clear enough? That's a second little exercise, yeah? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> okay, third and last one for today. It's also a very short and, and quick little thing. I just want things that you can kind of throw in or open up into your practice uh, at certain points that kind of just might uh, move something or help something a little bit. So at some point, maybe, maybe it was on the first morning, I can't remember, um, I tried to explain this concept about that uh, there's a certain amount of energy, of psychic energy, sort of uh, wrapped up in an emotion. And then attention, too, has energy. And if the energy in the emotion is more than the energy of the attention, we're in trouble. But if the energy of the attention can kind of 
be larger than the energy of the emotion, then we're, we, feel, we feel in a much better place and we are in a much better place in regards to what's going on. So then the big question then becomes, well, what, what can I do to kind of increase the energy of the attention relative to the energy of the emotion? So... Well, let's just try this and then I'll explain it. So, again, whatever posture you're in, coming into the body, same thing, coming into the body, settling in the body, connecting with the experience, connecting with the experience, just knowing it. And now, chopping off the past and chopping off the future just chop them off gone they don't matter it's just this moment just right now right now nothing else this immediate moment okay now that's very difficult to sustain so you can just relax a little bit and then kind of dive back in again. So you find the body, you find the experience, and again, just jettison, jettison the past and the future. Just chop them off, chop them off. So all you've got is this, this narrow micro moment, just this experience right now, right now, nothing else, nothing else. Does this feel possible to get a glimpse of this? Or is that, is that more difficult? Possible? Yeah? So it's ha- probably very hard to sustain it, but you can get a glimpse of it. Now why is that significant? We talk all the time about being in the moment, mindfulness being in the moment, but actually to sustain it, it's very difficult. I would say it's almost a way that consciousness works to bring in the past and future, and it's very hard to, to not do that. It's, it's an important part of how consciousness works. But what we can do sometimes is just have these kind of extra energized moments of just really chopping off the past and the future. Oftentimes we bring in past and future in a way that really weighs us down. This tension in my shoulder, this, this knot in my heart area, it's been there so long. And every time I feel it in the moment, I bring in those years and all the conclusions that I've made about myself and everything else from those years. And I project forward, it's going to be here. Or if it's not years, it's minutes or hours. And that's, it's almost like the whole thing that I'm carrying then is much long, it's like trying to walk or stand with a big beam, you know, going into the future and the past that you're kind of weighed down by. And this weighing down means the energy of the emotion has more energy than the energy of the attention. So when I chop off past and future, I'm actually um, um, unweighing unweighing things. Do you understand? So you can play with that too. That's something you can just drop in uh, and see what it does. So this business about being quick is also is also really important because, um, and I said this I think in the opening talk, we can expect meditation to be I shouldn't be distracted, I should have a steady attention, and if it's not, then I'm not meditating, and so that could be one of the assumptions that I'm having, of course, as well. But actually, in terms of the work we're doing, distraction, being distracted, is more like our life. I'm walking down the city and a million city street and a million things are coming on me. Someone says this, the phone rings, uh, I get a text message, whatever it is. Distraction all the time, all the time. That's my life. So in a way, it's actually uh, good in terms of this ability to check in quickly that if you feel very distracted, I think it's really good, uh, is what I'm saying. And the ability to, to... to not get locked into this view 
of I shouldn't be distracted because it, it mimics life and I can check in quickly. Something interesting definitely happens when I sustain the attention on what's going on. You've probably noticed that already. But, um, but if it's choppy, if the attention is choppy, that's also very good and very helpful. Okay, so let's just sit for some minutes together and uh, feel free now. You have a range of things to play with and don't get overwhelmed. Just, uh, just take what feels useful in the moment and, and stay with that. not forgetting this climate of kindness, this realization of practice as kindness, as gift.
So we talk a lot in in uh, this tradition, in the insight meditation tradition, about continuity of awareness, continuity of mindfulness. Very um, empowering for the practice to actually gently try and sustain a continuity of attentiveness in the day. Um, I think particularly for us now, in relation to what we've just talked about this morning, it might be just this keeping in mind this uh, possibility of just checking in, just checking in, and these, these sort of dips in to see uh, what's going on, what the experience is, and what's happening there, and working with it. Even just, just uh, very shortly can be really powerful. So peppering the day... Uh, wherever you are, not just in here or in the walking um, meditations, but wherever you are, checking in. You're in the queue for mealtime, what's going on? Or walking to get a tea, just just checking in. Um, sometimes that's helped a little bit if you actually slow down the physical movements a little bit. The ability to... Uh, to be in touch with, to notice what's going on is helped just by sl- walking slower, moving slower and more gently. It's almost as if awareness can pervade the system more when there's uh, more slowness at first until we're practiced more and more with awareness and it can be, it doesn't matter, fast, slow or whatever. So uh, that might be helpful um, if, if you think about peppering the day and think about just slowing down and, and uh, the, the movements, the physical movements. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.